0: This week on The In-Swinger.
1: You're seeing players really commit to being the best versions of themselves, and that, like you said, that is probably down to Ange. It's just very refreshing to see. I thought that's exactly what I would want to see as an away performance. You're going to get lightning in a bottle performances, but you're going to get performances like this where they just don't turn up. So there's just no
0: consistency in the way they play, which is a big, big problem. And, and that is, frankly, on the manager.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome back to the In Podcast, Season 3, Episode 9. I'm Charlie DiMatteo, joined by... Harrison McGlashan. Uh, the In Derby, the Manchester Derby, all uh, took place this past weekend. Uh, it, was a, it was an entertaining one for the neutral. Maybe not if you were a, a West Ham fan or a Manchester United fan. Uh, Spurs stayed top of the Premier League. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about Chelsea uh, and their kind of fall back down to earth after what was a promising uh, couple of weeks. Let's let's start with the Manchester derby. Uh, City went to Old Trafford, took care of business, 3-0 win. Holland got a brace. It was just kind of all too predictable um, for City against their rivals. And what was once, you know, this opposite relationship of United being completely dominant it seems like the tide has turned and I mean can United fans even you know call themselves the biggest club in Manchester or the Manchester's club anymore because it just seems it's not even it's not even close in terms of quality on the pitch
0: it's not even close I think in terms of who's the biggest club in Manchester for me it's it's it is still United yeah and that's because I think when you compare the size of the clubs you have to look at fan base, obviously, and, and United have a much bigger fan base. And that might not always be the case. Um, and, and City are catching up trophy-wise, but United are still ahead of them on that front. So it is still United, but nobody has the divine right to be the biggest club in you know whatever city or country you're in. So, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, in terms of the game, I mean, you're right, City, business as usual, really. Did we expect anything else, no, I think, yeah. at the end of the day? They looked comfortable for, for most of the game. I thought United were okay in the first half. Second half, they did fall apart. I thought the subs were really poor. You know, and just, I mean, here's the problem, right? Yes, there is uncertainty off the pitch, which is probably a factor. But I just, I don't know how United want to play. And that's down to Ten Hag. Yes, there are injuries. But there is just no distinct style of play. There's no patterns of play that I'm seeing where I can at least say, okay, I know what he's trying to do. I I don't really know what he's trying to do anymore. I'm not sure what happened from last season to this season. I thought I knew where they were going. He wanted them to play in transition. But we always thought maybe he would try to build out from the back with Onana and Martinez and those guys. And, I I just don't know what he's trying to do anymore Uh, I mean they're just all over the place the players are obviously underperforming and there are injuries but it just seems like Ten Hag is trying a million different things at the moment and none of it is really working I mean when they've when they've won they've they've really nicked it you know I mean they needed McGuire to beat Uh, Copenhagen and, and that penalty save from Onana so there's just no consistency in the way they play which is a big big problem and and that is frankly on the manager so I'm not quite sure what he's building towards anymore because they just have no identity.
1: Yeah, they have no identity. And I want to touch back on something Ralph Ragnick said in his you know fading moments as interim manager after they got slapped up by Liverpool. He said, you know, to fix Man United, it's clear what the issue is. It's not... You know, he was comparing it to like surgeries. It's not a simple like cosmetic surgery. It's like an open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you have to, the first question has to be, how do we want to play? Because he was comparing it to, you know, City and Liverpool, and that everything at the club revolved around how Pep wants to play, how Klopp wants to play, how Arteta wants to play for Arsenal. And it just seems like, like you said, there's no continuity coming from Ten Hag and how they want to play. Because to win major honors against in this era. You're not gonna do it by playing. Even if your transition style is really good, like tra- he says, transitional sounds a lot like counterattacking. You want to be Manchester United and win the league by counterattacking? Like, good luck with convincing the Old Trafford faithful you can do that, and then good luck actually doing that. Well, that's the thing. If they were actually easy, doing it, yeah, it'd be one thing. It'd be one thing if they were doing it and yeah. getting results, but they're squeaking by. Nothing is, you know, uh, comprehensive or convincing. And now questions are asked on again what is the direction of the club and like you said I don't see enough coming from Ten Hag and okay I can watch a team and how they want to play even poor teams and how they want to play you can see kind of visions but it's just such a jumbled mess at United and this goes back to we spoke about it in recent years like you still have players from all these different eras and if Ten Hag's message isn't clear or if players can't play how he wants to play he ends up having to, to to change his his style of play for the short term. And that's the issue is, like, you have to be able to accept short-term losses to, you know, be there long enough for long-term games. Yeah. Just look at Arteta. When Arteta came there, they finished eighth for two seasons, but you could see he, the way he was building the play. And sooner or later, he got the right players, he got his squad, and now you're seeing the results. So for United, if they can't commit fully to Ten Hag and the players he wants and doesn't want, you know, You're not even going to have a chance to compete against the likes of City and Arsenal and Liverpool. And you saw that this weekend. It was 3-0. It was nothing. They weren't even in the game.
0: Yeah, and you know, another problem is, right, they actually, when you look at the transfers, there are a lot of his guys. A lot of those guys played in the Eredivisie, and that's where United can say, well, we backed him, you know? so it. and And I don't think that's how a modern club operates. I think, yes, Pep has a say. Yes, Klopp has a say. But especially if you look at Liverpool, a lot of the signings weren't like Jurgen Klopp going, I want this no. guy. There's a system structure. in place. There's a structure in place with it was, you know, Michael Edwards. Now it's Joe Ward or whatever his name. Is. No, that's the palace right back. But yep. there's a Julian Ward. <laughs> that's his name. Um, <laughs> where there's actual scouting. There's data-driven scouting. And they present, they probably, I mean, I don't know what's going on. But what I assume is going on is they're presenting their ideas to Jurgen. And he maybe gets to weigh in with with yay or nay. Right. But the manager isn't plucking out all his former players. That's not how it works anymore. This is 2023. Right there. I mean, like, yes, United. I think they're a bit stuck in the past and hoping they can just find the next Sir Alex and, uh, you know, to, to sort of do that and to have that power but frankly that's not how it works anymore and also we have to remember there was a guy called David Gill up there with Sir Alex who was you know huge on that front right so I think manager autonomy is is something that needs to be looked at and it just doesn't seem right sort of at United because every time they sack a manager like if they were to sack Ten Hag who wants to come in and take all of 10 Hogs guys? No. It's, it's the same problem that's been at Everton in, in the last few years, right? We bring in, oh, Marco Silva wants this young team, and then, you, you know, you get to the next guy, and then the next guy, and then it's just a mess because you you try to rebuild, it's not going well, and then you bring in a new guy, and then he's got to rebuild again. It's the same thing with United on a much larger scale. There's no long-term vision. No. So when you sack a manager and bring in another one, he can do something with that squad, Who's gonna want to? Who's gonna do anything with all these Eredivisie guys, right? That that Ten Hag wants. I,
1: it's just it's just a total mess from top to bottom. Yeah, and one thing Ali spoke about after he was sacked, like recently, like like a month ago, he was saying, like United, you get sanctioned like three big signings. It's like you get you get three. Three is the magic number. The price kind of doesn't matter, but you only get three. It's like you're pigeonholing yourself into these these transfers that may not make financial sense. Just look at Antony, Like a hundred million for Antony is ridiculous. And like now he's there underperforming and all of a sudden that money is gone and you have nothing to show for it or very little to show for it and the structure is not there to have the entire group on the same page and and they're doomed uh in terms of being able to compete with Man City because I don't see that happening anytime no, soon. Something's got to change. Yeah, something's got to give. Uh moving on to Chelsea, uh had a positive result, positive performance. Maybe they felt they should have won against arsenal but they had a couple wins before that hosting brentford you'd like to think this is a game where they can score a couple goals um at home maybe build confidence continue to improve and they were just flat they just did not look cohesive it was a poor performance brighton sorry brentford were you know strong in their defensive structure nicked a goal on a corner then nicked like an uh, what was essentially an empty yeah edit. it was an exactly uh, and yeah. like in hockey uh, to make it two nil sanchez don't know what he was doing Um, to track back but we're kind of back to where we felt like we were with Chelsea a few months a few weeks ago where the players aren't performing you're having these shock results and I feel like now we're kind of just used to it where it comes with the territory of this team I think this is different because now we have seen a couple glimpses and we can kind of say results like these will happen because of the youth in the team you're going to get you know, lightning in a bottle performances like, like that first half against Arsenal, but you're going to get performances like this where they, they just don't turn up really. Um, but I, I think were we a bit too quick to be optimistic after the last, you know, three or four weeks or so, and does a result like this kind of change where we, we view them? I don't think so because
0: the way I view it is, you know, I, I think you, you said it, right? They're going to have results like these, and I, and I sort of remember alluding to the fact that you know they they played well against Arsenal. They were in a bit of good form, but I, I don't think they're going to be in the top four. I think they're going to be around sixth, right? I don't think they're better than Brighton or Villa. So no. so I, I still have that opinion. And Brentford are good at these games. You yeah. know they do they do like playing at the Bridge, and we you know how they're going to set up against you know the big six, right? And we had that that thing with Frank on Monday Night Football. I don't know if you saw that. We yeah. sort of broke it all down. But the the story of Chelsea, I think this season is going to be a lot of ups and downs. And I think kind of in a way like Everton last season where they're going to struggle to score goals yeah. or, or the, the beginning of this season, rather, they're, they're going to create and the XG was around two, but they don't have a lot of clinical finishers. Right. So they're going to struggle to score goals. And <laughs> the, the thing that we will criticize and people will continue to criticize, and rightly so, is the fact that they've spent so much money and don't have guys who can put the ball in the net. And that's not Pochettino's fault because he's not spending the money, really. Uh, again, we don't really know how much of a say he has. Yeah, but that's I mean,
1: a... R- Romano already tweeting like, oh, these are Chelsea's tra- uh, targets for strikers and center backs in January. And it's like, what? Like, we were just here.
0: I know, it, it, we were just here, exactly. So it, it's, it's all over the place off the pitch. On the pitch, I still think they'll be okay. I think they will have fluky results like these where they can't put it in the net, and Brentford's set up, and they defend. And they're going to take a long time. It's going to take a while for them to learn how to break a team like Brentford down. Yeah. A lot of teams struggle with it. It. I mean, I can only think of maybe three who can comfortably do it. Arsenal, City, Liverpool, yeah. really. I mean, Spurs maybe, I mean, they've done it so far, but it's early days, right? So that takes a while. Um, and, and it was a one nil and they conceded an empty netter at the game. So I think we're gonna see these kinds of results because they're gonna struggle to score goals. And for me, the same reason I, I back Deitch, I would back Pochettino. If they're creating chances, he can't really put in the net for them. Yeah. I know they weren't like amazing in this game. But they had a lot of momentum. They had a lot of possession. Uh, they couldn't quite find a goal. That's sort of how I view this game, so I'm not too negative on it. You might disagree. I just think the... the... <sighs> I worry for Chelsea in that are they doing the right things off the pitch with spending and those price tags are always going to hang over them. Yeah. That's where I worry, number one. Number two, I worry with the fans. Because Pochettino is a Spurs guy yep. and you've got old school uh, season ticket holders who might be saying, you know, who, who might get fed up, right? right? Because that has been the culture around Chelsea. They, they, they sack managers a lot. I don't think, uh, well, it's hard to say. I don't think Bowley will will do that unless he absolutely has to because I think it's foolish. I think you have to give a team time to gel. You've got all, nearly 11 new players on the pitch in the last year, right? So I'm not too negative on it. I think they, I just think they'll struggle to score goals this season because I think Sterling, yes, he's, he's sort of hot and cold, but he's not a clinical finisher, I don't mm. think. I mean, we, we, he got a lot of chances at City, and he missed a lot, but he also yeah. scored a lot. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna be the case at Chelsea. I think he's, he's not gonna get that amount of service and, and opportunity. Um, Nicholas Jackson is a young player. He's had maybe six months at the top level before coming to Chelsea. Mudrick, similar, not a great goal-scoring record. Matowiecki, I like him. Again, not a great goal-scoring record. So when you look around the pitch, you know, Enzo, same thing. He's not that player. Just not a lot of people who can score goals in this team. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're bad players,
1: but that's just the fact. Yeah, and when that's the case and you can't score goals, you will have inconsistencies like this. I don't think it necessarily changes, this result changes how I look at their season, but I do think there was a second there where, if and this happened preseason too, where if these players do reach their potential, there is a high ceiling. Of a high ceiling, it's like, okay, maybe they can get top four. I think if you look at the first period of the season as a bit rocky period and then things were starting to get better, this was the result that had to go their way if they were going to continue on. That Now I just think it's back to not square one but it's like back well, to reality back to reality and that I don't think that everything isn't going right there are issues all over the team even with like guys like Thiago Silva who are like you know still still playing okay but like is is 38-year-old Thiago Silva really going to be like hold down for you and is he really going to get you top 4 in the prem is Robert Sanchez? Right. Is Robert Sanchez a number 1 goalie? I don't think so. Uh, and the, the likes of Chilwell and James still aren't fit so everything has not gone right for Chelsea and no. for that reason I don't think they will get top 4. Uh, which we'll see how, with the, any financial ramifications. I mean, things have been coming out, uh, you know, for a while in terms of the city allegations. Everton are facing their own potential points yeah, penalty right for FFP. And I just look at Chelsea and it's like, can you continue to not be in the Champions League or even Europe and spend this money? I mean, I that's, don't know at this point. point, but, like, that that's going to start to creep into people's minds because... Todd Bowley famously, I, I I think this is true, that he was like, oh, yeah, we're in the Champions League. Like, he thought Chelsea were just automatically always in the Champions League. So, like, that money was just going to be coming in. This is recording to Rory, who hates Bowley. Maybe it's yeah, not true, we'll but, like, see, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it Surely was true. Surely you
0: do your research. Surely you do. Because that is, million like,
1: million. hundreds of millions of pounds that are on or not on the balance sheet that is crucial to, you know, being within regulation. I so think how best, that happens, yeah. I don't know.
0: I think best case they get fifth in the Champions League through that, yeah. through their coefficient. That's probably best case. they it
1: yep. or something. Yeah, best you know. case. All right, moving on to their uh, London rival Spurs. They stay atop the Premier League after 10 games now. They beat Palace at Selhurst. Uh, tricky place to go, Selhurst. Palace aren't fully fit. Uh, their new signing, Mateus Franca, um, played nearly put 20 one in at the end. yeah he's a bright spot but there's no Alize no Eze that's really Palace's bread and butter so it's going to be a lot for them you know to test the Spurs team uh but it was Sun who scored again uh and who got their second goal goal
0: was the first Ongol one own goal was the first was one Madison sorry Madison and
1: then Sun got one um so I, I my question to you is what's been more impressive so far Ange and his you know, speed at adapting to the, the Premier League or the change in the players, because we saw these players, most of them at least, not, you know, Madison and Van de Ven. Most of these guys, like Son, like Romero, uh, like Davies, like all the Emerson, who were really struggling under Mourinho, Conte, even towards the end of Poch. What's been more impressive, Ange or the turnaround from the players? I think the turnaround of the players is due to Ange.
0: Yeah. So I think he is the key here. He, he deserves the plot. It's the players do as well. But getting the players to perform, getting players who haven't performed to perform is a job of the manager, and, yep. and he's done that. He's, he's he's tinkered a little bit, he's put Saun up front, he's got him back firing. Yeah. We know Saun didn't have a great season last year. I think that was down to sort of fitness and whatnot. Uh, you know, guys like Basuma bringing him back in. Mm. I think Pape Sar so good is, is, a, is an interesting one because he wasn't even really playing no. that much. And when and we did see him play last season, you know, in bits and parts. We were like, okay, there's a player there. Now look at him. He wanted, you know, we, you know, he's on the team sheet, and I think, you know, brilliant to recognize that. I think Romero is a, is a Turner. I, Romero's always been a good player. Let me say that first. And foremost. I think
1: he's ironed out some
0: inconsistencies. Exactly, yeah. and, and we know he is erratic. I think he's been really, really solid. Can he play in a back two? Yes, he can. You know, with Van Deven, who great Udo, signing. Dodgy's been brilliant. Dodgy, great shout. Even the guys like, you know, I thought Ben Davis did okay. You know, a very serviceable squad player. Um, you know Pedro Poro, there were concerns about him can he play in a back four you know how is Ange going to do his system with all these wing backs i mean look Done at it. them they have been they've been fantastic pedro Poro, emerson like you mentioned Benton
1: so Curry, he came on for the final two minutes he's been out forever that good. I mean, be for them. brilliant yeah. I mean, that could be another game changer it really adds depth to their midfield too yeah uh, they have good midfielders yeah.
0: i've always liked their midfield even hoybier and we have like, oh, is he an Ange guy? He comes on and does a job. Does a job, yeah. He's been fine. Um, so I, I think I think Ange has just been been brilliant. Uh, he's already won manager of the month a couple times, right? So, yeah, uh, both and, months. And yeah, both months, exactly. I'm be
1: surprised if he wins a third.
0: There you go. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, for me, it's down to Ange. Uh, so I, I've been just so impressed with him.
1: Yeah, I've been so impressed with Ange too. However, I, I do think it's important to look at the individual players like Son, like uh, Romero, who clearly went through some turmoil, whether it was on or off the pitch, under Conte and Mourinho. And it takes a lot mentally for players to get back to where they were. And Son's been around for a while. There's easily a part of him that could have been looking elsewhere. Uh, you now that Kane's left, is like, oh, this burden's on me now. But it's really been like, okay, the burden is on me. Oh, yeah. I can step up to the plate and deliver, and he has. So Clutch. I think the players yeah. deserve a lot of credit. Players like Son, um, and then a guy like Madison who, James Madison, when he arrived at Leicester, was kind of like this young, exciting player who you'd see glimpses of, oh, wow, that is just brilliant. He'd ping one in or he'd be so good on the ball. Or you'd see this press conference and oh, he's so likable. But for him to do it to the level that he has is so impressive. And while Ange deserves a ton of credit, I think the individual players do too because, you know, a lot of the times we see players – I know it's the opposite of this cycle, but towards the end of the managerial cycle, they'll just, they'll, they'll, you know, uh, down tools. They will not give their all for the manager when they could. What you're seeing here is the opposite. You're seeing players really commit to being the best versions of themselves. And that, like you said, that is probably down to Ange, but to see it week in week out, even as like you know, Spurs or arrival of West Ham, it's just very refreshing to see. Cause it's funny that Kane has left. Like, what would this team look like with Kane in it? What's he thinking? Right what is now? he thinking? I mean, he scored a hat trick. Well, Levy said they have a buyback clause, right? It's of sorts. It's a weird one. He didn't go into the details.
0: Well, I think it'd be brilliant if he goes, wins the Champions League, comes yeah. back, and then wins something at Spurs, even if it's like the FA Cup. Right. And or breaks the record. Or break the
1: record. That'll probably that be, would be what s- happens. Kind of scenes. Um, but yeah, I just want to give Spurs players their due because they've been through the ringer. These managers that seem to hate them, <laughs> especially Conte. <laughs> he's just like. If you're a player, you could not wait to see the back of Antonio Conte. Uh, So interesting stuff there at Spurs. All right, now, uh, we've delayed it long enough. The the in-swinger derby. Everton uh, traveled to uh, the bowl on Sunday afternoon uh, and and beat West Ham 1-0, courtesy of a goal from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, a pretty crap game in the first half, not much quality, rainy afternoon. West Ham had you know, a couple guys out. Uh, Emerson was suspended, and a lot of our creativity was hindered because of that. But your boys got the win. Harrison, what did you make of the performance?
0: I thought that's exactly what I would want to see. As an away performance against yeah. sort of a top nine, eight side, if you will, I thought Dyche got the game plan spot on. I thought we, you know, we weren't brilliant, but we frustrated West Ham. You could see that on the pitch. You yeah, know. feathers were ruffled clearly, and that might have been our best defensive performance of the season, which a lot of fans were expect were thinking sort of at the start of the season we creating a lot, but we're, we're kind of leaking a few goals and here. That's not something you associate with Dyche, but not something you associate with Dyche. But now we look so much more solid defensively. The fullbacks are playing well. Patterson came in; he's, he's had a spell on the sidelines. Ashley Young's been playing. I thought he did well. Mikalenko's in a good bit of form, but Jared Branthwaite, man, yeah, I mean, continues to impress at the back. I think he was man of the match actually. So I think. We just looked really really solid defensively which I think was sort of the story of the game for Everton and we really didn't let West Ham through unless you know Bowen used his pace and and got through a little bit he, but he, but you needed that to get around I thought mm. to, to get through Everton so other than that we dealt with everything you know and and offensively I thought you know again not free-flowing not brilliant but you could see the game plan and it worked right we got the ball up to calvert and his hold-up play is so, so good. It really makes a difference when he's in the team. Yeah,
1: us. one thing I want to point out, what I was impressed with you guys, and you said it in our preview, is that a lot of your goals come from winning the ball high up the pitch. And that's something that's slightly nuanced in a counterattacking system. A lot of the times, like for us, we're soaking up the pressure in our own half. And so our counterattacks are forced, they are made more difficult because we're farther from goal. You could see from kickoff that. In West Ham's final third, like in, in when Everton, when we had our center backs had the ball, you guys were up against us. And if you did turn the ball over, you were right there. And that's why it's easier to counterattack in that system. And I'll get into my tactics, but that was something I was really impressed yeah,
0: with. And, and and exactly, we mentioned it in the in the pre-match preview. Um, I thought that's where the goal came from, right? Branthwaite intercepted it, yeah. gets it to was it Decore, and then it goes wide, it comes into Covert Lewin. He took his goal so well. I mean, what a turn! I didn't know he had that bit of skill in him. Yeah. And the finish too. We've we've sort of questioned his uh, finishing from from longer distances. Right. You think
1: of more as a box. And yeah, we
0: know he's a great. His his hold up play and his all round game is great. Is he a brilliant finisher? Maybe not quite. But that finish was was sensational. I thought Calverloon had a great game overall. I mean, just having someone to play off of, someone to aim at, you know, an out ball. Mm. We didn't have that when we had Mopay up front. And we really, really struggled to to get going without him, someone like him in the team. So it just makes such a difference when, when he's up there because we can get up the pitch, we have someone to play off of. I thought, you know, the other attackers, McNeil and Jack Harrison, didn't exactly have many opportunities, but worked their socks off, and that's exact. You could tell that's exactly what Deitch wants in yeah. wingers. They're textbook for for this team. I thought uh, Onana I thought was quietly brilliant. Did his job, kept things ticking, won the ball back, used his his strength and and length to you know to sort of dominate at, in, in points in that game. So. It was just a, a textbook away win for me. It wasn't quite smash and grab. I didn't think West Ham were brilliant. We defended really well, and the game plan offensively worked. We got the ball into our dangerous players, created a couple chances, but a bit of uh, you know clinical finishing, a moment of quality quality in the in the final third, won us the game, and that's fine. You know, away at West Ham, I'll take that any day of the week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do want to give you guys credit defensively. Defensively, You were good. However, I think we made it extremely easy for you guys to be good, and what I mean by that is you know, I talked about this last week after the Villa game. It's like if Moise's style isn't working and we're not hitting teams in the break, we have no idea what to do when the impotence is on, impotence is on us.
0: Out of ideas. When when,
1: when when it's on us to go get a goal and the other team is sitting back – the patterns of play aren't there. And the bits of creativity that did come came from, you know, Kudus in the first half I thought was bright. Bowen I thought was excellent. Again, Everything, every time he got the ball, he did something. Yeah. Pakita, I don't think he had his best game, but even when he dropped deeper towards the end, that's when creativity was happening. But that's down to individual. Like, those are, those, that's them, those guys just being great players. That's not down to coaching from Moyes, which is a real worry because – like I said, the reason we tried to adapt our system, the beginning of last year, is because of because of games like this. So if games like this start creeping in, then questions start to be asked. I do think there's enough in this team, um, and there are enough games on the calendar where we don't have to play like this, to to be fine. And I think, especially yeah, in terms of the relegation picture, I think there are four really, really bad teams this year and that I think both of our teams aren't going to be anywhere close, even if we don't have, you know, the best season we want. So I'm not Moy's out because I think he will make us stable. However, with the attacking talent on the pitch, it was disappointing not to see a bit more cohesion amongst the front four. And I'll, I'll come back to Antonio. And Anto- like Games like yes uh, Sunday were meant for like Skamaka, who we've now sold, where like, it's on us. The interplay will be there more often. Because Antonio is not a traditional nine. He works when it's kind of hoofing it long, out-muscle a center back, make something out of nothing. But
0: Get your team up the pitch, That's yes. what Calvert-Lewin did.
1: Right. Anto- like if, if you swapped roles, Antonio would have done a great job of what Calvert-Lewin did. I could see him scoring the goal Calvert-Lewin did. I, I could because he, he did it against Brighton. He did it against Chelsea where it's just like— He's that type of player. It, it's, it's one-on-one. That's what he does. But when he's in a crowded penalty box, he's not a technical striker. No. Like, that's where you might want to bring on, like, Danny Ings, maybe, or someone like a, God forbid, you know, in past years, Allaire or Skamaka. That's where we went wrong in that at that point, we were playing a different type of system, and it, it, it's crying out for another striker, I guess. But at the same time, I think we kind of just have to accept that under Moyes, these games will happen. We will have games like oh, we did away at Brighton where it's brilliant. It's like, you know... 20% possession, we're up 3-0 by the 80th yeah. minute. We'll have games like Chelsea where we win 3-1 at home. You know, We'll have those games, but there's also going to be games like this. And whether, as a fan base, we can be okay with that. I'm okay with that because I've seen a failed progressive st- like transformation happen. I saw it under you Pellegrini. It. <laughs> I saw it in the end under Belich. You just can't do it unless you spend a boatload of money, right. which we don't really have. So... I'm okay with being in that kind of middle ground. You know, we're still in Europe, That we did lose. We had our winning, our, our unbeaten streak snapped in Europe. Um, but, my, I mean, my question on the agenda was here was, uh, was it time to panic? I don't think it's time to panic. Because no. we're ninth in the table. This time last year, we probably had like five points. We have 14 now. I mean... You're sort of where you should be. We're sort of where we should be. Ninth, and it sounds about it, right. It, it's such an odd kind of ongoing thought process fans are in of fans like us, Newcastle, Villa, Brighton. It's like, wow, what could we be if we get consistency? And they're like, oh, yeah, wait. That's why we're not always up there. It's because we can't win. We're, we're not totally – we can't adapt to every single game we play. Hence why it's so impressive what Spurs are doing, what Arsenal did last year. Making that leap is the hardest thing you can do in the Premier League. Taking you from a, a mid-table team to a team that can compete at the top four consistently week in, week out. Villa as well. Villa is the hardest thing you can do. And Villa are kind of doing it right now. Um, that's who West Ham, I think, should sort of try to be. Right? Yeah, but and, and, yeah, that's but, where you want to get but, to. You know, and, and not, I'm not saying we haven't spent a lot of money, but Villa have spent a lot of money. Right. Um I don't think we've spent as much as them. I do think they've got a better manager though. I have to say yeah, it. Yeah. Like yeah. I was talking to my friend and it was like, well, if Moyes isn't the guy then who is, like, in a perfect world, like you know who I think would do great at West Ham with this group of players? Vincent Company, someone really? who Interesting. has the tactical awareness and ideas, but right now does not have the players at his disposal. Have the you give Vincent Company this team, at first I think it could it, it, you'd struggle, but they, if the ceiling's higher, undoubtedly higher, because there's a yeah. ceiling with noise.
0: You you could do it. You could do someone like that now. I think you have enough players to be well away from yeah. relegation because that's always the risk right it's like yeah do you switch if, it all do you rip it all up and start again well if things go bad if things it's like, go bad you could be that's why i think you know when i when i see everton fans saying like oh you know Graham potter or somebody progressive i'm like you can't do it no no we now. don't have we don't have the players we don't have uh, there's just I mean the stability off the pitch, but you know all, it's just the squad isn't right for it, and and it's going to go wrong initially, and you're going to be struggling. Yeah, right? and, and that's kind of happened to Marco Silva. Yep. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I agree. you have to be you have to fully commit to it, and I just think one more thing on company. I think like the players would. I'm not saying Moyes doesn't like command respect, but like you know, company has done it as a player very recently. I think there's something to be said, and that he will command respect. It's like this guy's been around Pep. When his system is going, you know, at the proper level, I think it can be really effective. So, that's just an yeah. ideal.
0: I do think kudos could be big for you in games like these, where it's like you just need a bit of energy, and, physicality, and quality to to get a goal.
1: And you, you saw it in glimpses the first in half, Gimpses. and at the end, he made a great spin on the half term, got to the byline, just couldn't pull pull it back for Bowen. So like the p- exciting players are there, and we saw it against like Luton when we beat Luton away, you know, Pakata played a brilliant ball in uh, to Bowen and that unlocked the defense. Yeah, and that I, can happen. But yeah. if it, they can do it consistently enough remains to be seen.
0: I still I think actually if you play Kudu because I think you're you're a bit dependent on Bowen. So I think if if Pakita comes back into the middle, yeah and Kudus goes on the left, that could be interesting. Because then you've got
1: pace on both sides. Yeah. And I think this is this was the talking point when we signed him. It's like where is he gonna play he gonna now? Play? Um it, it, because it's like you don't want, you know, it, it was almost like if he's right footed, everything would be perfect. But since <laughs> he's left-footed, oh, the run, right. he is left footed, the left runs left. he makes on the left, and so is Pekita. Like, Pakata is playing left wing, but he's constantly kind of drifting Just in. inward yeah, he's and going as a 10. No. So kudos. Can he play on the left? He did in, in bits for Ajax, but. Can he play up front? He did do that for Ajax. It's like I don't. Now it's like okay, Moyes, go make the best. It's not a bad problem to
0: have because you are playing Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. And I thought you did look a bit hungover from the Thursday.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, We're going to continue on to the random segment. We're going to do. Do you want to do current or all time?
0: I was thinking thinking? current. Okay, let's do current. Yeah, Yeah, let's do current.
1: Yeah. We're going to do a current combined, Everton and West Ham combined eleven. We'll see where we agree. Uh, and disagree. So, are we coming up with one team or two different? Yes, we, we got to come up agree. with one. We have to. Agree. Okay, one team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's start Angel. and go.
0: <sighs> it's got to be Pickford. Uh, I don't. Does uh, it?
1: I don't. I don't mind Areola. I mean, he is he is England's number one. Like, yeah. I I don't hate Jordan. I, don't, I I like Pickford. Do I think he's a bit of a bell end? Yes.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> is. Well, that he, he's not
1: the most likable character, but I I don't mind that. I at think all. I think at their best they're actually similar keepers. I think Ariola. His season on loan at Fulham, he was like their best player. He had a great year, and he's been very good for us. He's won well. He's us now some the points. cemented number one. Yeah, which which
0: is which is good. I'm okay. I'm okay with Pickford. I think uh, I think Pickford, in terms of longevity, he's been there. His done distribution's it for probably better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's in more of a known quantity. More uh, of a known quantity. Yeah, I'm okay with Pickford. In two
0: years, it could be a different. Conversation. Could be a different story. Yeah. Uh, right back. Who's your right back? So, <laughs> so if we're going on everyone, uh, can I take James Coleman? <laughs> y- y- Coleman, <laughs> Patterson, or Ashley Young are our options, okay. and I don't think any of those are fantastic. I don't think Sofal is fantastic.
1: He's just one of those. Sofow. He's just like squad players. Like uh, yeah, Sofal oh, At weird, his best, he's position. he's big. He's got quality. I mean, it's yeah. not.
0: I mean, I think Patterson could be really good right now. I don't know if he's in this conversation. He doesn't even start for us every week. Yeah, like we've been playing Ashley Young. Coleman probably comes in if he's fit. So I don't know, Coleman or Soufoul. I'm you?
1: tempted to just take Soufoul. I be- think it's Sofowl, because, because he j- it's like that's his role. He, yeah, that, his position. Whereas Everton, it's a bit more up in the air.
0: I I, I I think I know he's been up and down, but I do I think he's been decent this
1: season, right? So oh, he's he's been yeah. really good this season. Yeah, uh, he had a, he had a string of like four straight assists. Uh, in games, he was getting forward really well, um, so that was down yeah, We was don't good. have anyone
0: who can do that. Yeah.
1: All right. So Sofell's right back, two uh, center backs. This is where it could get this is interesting. Tasty. Yeah. I mean, recency bias plays a part. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Because For I think, me, I think Branthwaite's on the up, and his potential is really high. Yeah. I mean, right now he'd be my my pick. I'd probably be okay with taking him. Yeah. I think. I mean, who are you picking, Zuma? Or I right think Jared? you have to take Zuma. I think Aguero is probably, he could shine for like, he could he could be a Man City center back. He is so fast, his ball distribution is so good, his recovery pace is so good, but unfortunately like two of those three attributes are kind of moot points in West Ham's team, and you need someone like Zuma who will just get it clear. Like yeah. he'll just be a no-nonsense center back, so for that reason, I'd I think that's a good pairing because Brantley's yeah. also left-footed, uh,
0: pretty, very good on the ball, and just a very good defender as well yeah um, so
1: I, I like that I think right, that's a breath wait Zuma left back mm. I mean Emerson's had a phenomenal season he didn't play because yeah. he was suspended it's it's probably Emerson I think it's Emerson
0: Michalanko has been good for us but I've also seen moments where he hasn't been good so yeah I
1: think it's Emerson Emerson is the right all right shout. this is where it's gonna get tasty Ooh. really tasty so there's a couple names I think have to be in there are we playing what, what formation are we playing uh 3-3 three, three or two four two yeah. three one. 4 uh, 2 3 one we play I guess a 4,
0: four 2 3 1 okay. I could say. So do you. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's so Alvarez, Onana, Onana Garner three... and uh who else is in that Suchek? Um I mean Pecata really centrally could be. It depends
1: on what kind of formation we're playing. I yeah. think Onana has to be in there. I think
0: the... oh yeah, I like yeah, Onana's are is definitely the Everton pick. Yeah. Um, I think Edson Alvarez is a good shout, but do you need both of them?
1: <laughs> you know? Mm, yeah, Onana, I mean, you see more of him. I, oh, Ward-Prowse as well. I forgot about Ward-Prowse. <laughs> Ward-Prowse, the more I'm I seeing... thought he was, I
0: honestly thought he was really quiet against Everton. He was quiet. But I know he's been good.
1: And it, 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 where he's popping up in these last few games hasn't been where he was popping up in the first few games, because... The first few games, you were seeing what he was good at. He was good at making those delayed runs into the box, and his set pieces were great, and then you didn't really have to have, worry about him tracking back and being a six. Now he's being asked to do more of that, and he does not look good. I'm not going to let that – I do think he's a great player. I think if we're doing if we're doing a 4-2-3-1 – I want a number 10. You want a number okay, – okay, so if we're doing a 4-2-3-1 – Because we two, play three, with Decore
0: in that sort of role.
1: I'll do I'll – let's do Onana and Alvarez. Yeah, I okay. think. I think that's probably right. Okay.
0: And then, okay, so let's so pick sort of a, a, an attacking midfielder. So sort of number 10. We have, our, our nominee is Decore. I think you probably take it with
1: Paqueta. I think Paquita
0: has to be in the team.
1: Yeah. You can make an argument. You can play him on the left in place of... Oh yeah, who's your left wing nominee? Him. Ooh. He's been playing left wing. Ooh. I mean, he's played
0: a ton of centrally, but he's been... Yeah, and he's better than McNeil. But right. he's better than McNeil on the left.
1: <laughs> it's it's such different mm-hmm. roles though, because is different. an
0: out-and-out winger. Very different.
1: Yeah. That's I mean, if we work backwards here. Yeah. Let's, let's let's. I think Stryker is easily Calvert Lewin. Yeah. Right now. Right yes. now, I think it's easily Calvert Lewin. Yes. I think you can make an argument. I think Bow and I think Bowen is easily the right. Bowen's winner. on the right. Yeah. Calvert Lewin
0: up top, and then it's kind of. So do you want Decore and? In as a Cam and Pakata on the left. You
1: could make a claim for or, that. You could make a claim for Kudus at the 10. We, just haven't, ooh, seen, we, haven't, we haven't seen, seen enough. Seen but like, he, <laughs> you're seeing stuff, it's like, oh, dude, he's just you so. You know, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good, but I don't think we can put him in here yet. Mm-hmm. I and mean, this was his first start in the Premier League. I think it's a better fit, actually, to put Cory at the 10, Pakata on the left. behind, yeah. Because I think both of those guys, While they may not be a traditional role, they both do them very well.
0: Yeah, oh, Decore's been great. Yeah, he's been great. He's been been like a second striker for us.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I I think that's
1: seems about right. Yeah, so if we go through it, so we got Pickford. Pickford in goal. Sofal, right back, Branthwaite and Zuma at the back, Emerson at left back, Alvarez and Onana uh, at defensive mids or those holding midfielders, Bowen, Decore, Pakita, and then Calvert-Lewin. I think that's a pretty damn good team. I, I
0: think it probably finishes mid table. Yeah. With <laughs> we haven't really one upped Everton's no, it was, or West Ham. The funny team. thing is, is I mean maybe a little bit. It better,
1: kinda but. it kinda meshes. It's like yeah. the spots are mid like your left back isn't great. Yeah. Our striker isn't great. It's like they're Yeah,
0: I, it would this team would be if if, if you Is this counter- team better Lewin, than
1: Villa? Mm, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't yeah, I'd, I'd probably not. Probably not. Probably says a, bo- a bit about both of our clubs. You need,
0: clubs. you need, yeah, we need like one more quality attacker, I think.
1: Yeah, you need someone Because you that want Decoray Pacita revolt. and the Decoray or,
0: and then somebody on the left.
1: And then, yeah, you want Kudos to be right-footed and have played games. And yeah. Then we can have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. It's yet. decent, though. It's probably seventh, eighth in the table. Yeah, probably something like that. I mean, I don't know, dude. I think if you put Calvert-Lewin instead of Antonio, yeah, you guys with are good. with Pakita and Bowen and, o- and Onana in the mid, like that's that's pretty good. Yeah, fullbacks are definitely. You probably a bit... don't
0: need Onana and Alvarez, but you, you know it's yeah. Still so maybe
1: you put Onana James with Garner, Ward
0: Prowse, and you have Ward the set Pratt. pieces. If you, if if we had a bench as well, now we could talk about yeah top four.
1: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, we have one. We have one spot left. Who's the manager? Ooh. Who is the oh, manager? That, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I I I mean. I think longevity it's Moise. I mean Moyes is managed Oh, has not- got He's managed both teams. It's got to be It's got to be yeah. Yeah, I he's, was going to say an I'm logic. happy
0: with Moyes. Yeah. Um,
1: he knows both clubs.
0: Yes. He and, and he would like he would like this team. He would love Calvert-Lewin. He would love Decore's
1: energy, I yeah. think. As, yeah, he would love Decore. Yeah. He'd love Calvert-Lewin. He'd love uh, Branthwaite. Yeah. maybe not Pickford I don't know <laughs> I don't know alright uh, that was good I enjoyed that I think we'll wrap things up there uh, we'll see you next week thank you for listening